0: Welcome to a new episode of The Sunday Sauce. I'm here with uh, a candidate for state attorney general, John Sarkone. John, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having you on here.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here.
0: So, uh, John, you're running in um, a small race, I guess, because I only know about another candidate, Michael Henry. I had him on the show previously. Um, You have a pretty nice... I looked you up. You had a pretty nice... um, folder here of things you've done as a as a attorney uh is it just you and michael henry running for attorney general on the republican side or is there somebody else because i'm not sure
1: well joe holland who had run a number of times for statewide office uh mm-hmm. recently dropped out of the race okay so uh but other than uh uh henry and uh, i'm i am the only one um uh, so
0: that's good then so i mean because a lot of a lot of states have a very uh heavy especially what's going on in the political climate they have a very heavy republican ticket to get on that primary so i mean for new york to only have two people that's actually it's pretty good i mean you know you see you see like the the governor race i mean you got lee zeldin you got um what's his name bob astorino astorino uh, you got i mean giuliani i mean honestly nice guy but Unfortunately, I don't think he has a chance because, um, you know, his dad, the whole Trump stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. I think that's unfortunate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the attorney general race, two people. Um, How how did you what was your becoming a lawyer? How did you come to this point?
1: Well, it's a it's a good question, Michael, because I had I had a 20 year law practice that I developed on my own. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a nice little small community in Croton, Hudson, New Mm -hmm. York. My father was a police officer, my mother a homemaker, the oldest of four. And when uh, my father passed away uh, after he had retired and my mother was a widow and my sister was 10, um, my brother 16, 19. So I, I took it upon myself to work two jobs to support my Self, helped my mother, helped my sister mm-hmm. and brothers, and I put myself through school, through law school, and I, I made this uh, career out of out of um, determination and hard work and perseverance. I also got involved in politics in uh, 1996. I was a campaign manager for former Congressman Joe DeWarty. Mm-hmm. And that was a real uh, eye opener because I had never been involved in politics. And, and when, uh, you know, Joe DiGiobardi came to me, he had met me at a law uh, school for, forum that I put together on war crimes in the uh, Balkans. And he contacted me. I was clerking for a Bronx Supreme Court judge at the time and he contacted me and he wanted me to run his campaign. And I said, Joe, I, I don't know anything about politics except, except to go and vote. And he said, he said, that's exactly why I want you, because you're bright, you're smart, and I'm going to train you. I'm going to train you my way. You right. knew everything. So he uh, also brought along uh, two, uh, two people who were consulting for him. Uh, one of them, uh, Arthur Finkelstein. Arthur Finkelstein is the uh, genius behind Ronald Reagan and then uh, John McLaughlin. Uh, was with Arthur, and John actually came in and was our uh, campaign coordinator in 96. So I had Arthur, and then another uh, fellow that people may remember is Roger Ailes. Uh, Roger was a very close friend to Joe's and became a friend of mine mm-hmm. thereafter until his death. So I had good uh, mentors, and I learned how to uh, do what I'm doing now from the best. So from that uh, I became a district leader. I became a, uh, chairman in town, Portland, and I ran for assembly in 1998 and mm-hmm. 2000. So my career then took off as far as a lawyer was concerned. And I built up a great practice, a general practice. And as you saw from my resume, I've I've had uh, cases in, in federal court and state court. I've sued the biggest oil company in the world, Exxon Mobil and, and mm-hmm. one. Right. And, had small cases as well. I've been in the municipal courts. I was a municipal attorney. So I understand government. I understand how it functions and works uh, with the public sector. And I represented labor unions as well. So from there, um, in uh, December of 2015, I joined the Donald J. Trump campaign as a lawyer. And in 2016, I became one of the key uh, lawyers on that team. As you know, he was, uh, there were 16 uh, people in the primary and he was number 17. That's how far off he was.
0: Right.
2: He,
1: he, he wasn't even in the, in the,
0: he, he wasn't even in the conversation at the time. Okay. but uh,
1: I look, I, I was sick and tired of Washington and, and finger pointing. I mean, when we elect, when we elect people, we expect them to do the people's business. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. That's all we want and it wasn't going on it was just finger pointing finger pointing and i felt that he was in the right place at the right time uh with the right ideas so uh after uh we won in 2016 and i was asked to join the transition team uh, legal counsel i had a great experience the first uh assignment was to help prepare general john kelly for his senate confirmation hearing it's an awesome responsibility and I, uh, I thoroughly um, enjoyed engaging with him for that uh, period of time. And from there, I was asked to uh, join the administration, but I did not want to move to Washington. So um, the, uh, the president uh, tried to nominate me for a federal judgeship wow. that was being held up by, uh, by State Senator Schumer and because right blue slip law, uh, rule. And while they were trying to figure out how to get around that, they asked me to take a senior position in the, in the administration. So I did. I became 14th regional administrator for the United States General Services Administration in Northeast Caribbean region. It was based in New York, which is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I closed my law practice and went to work for the American people. Wow. I served faithfully for. Three years, I received the Administrator's Award uh, for meritorious service. I was the uh, only one in the nation to have that, and that <clears throat> had a lot to do with my uh, leadership during COVID when COVID hit and the crisis that we were in. One of the first calls I received, and, and this is how uh, how I behaved. I mean, I, you know, I'm part of a team, but when you're in an office, you have to do your job. It doesn't matter who it is. Right.
2: Right.
1: I got a call from Congressman Greg Meeks, first person to call me, March 17th, 12 something, and asked me, said, I got your name from the governor's office and I need help with PPE equipment for my hospitals in my district. Within two weeks, I was able to secure 50,000 face shields for those hospitals. Right. So it doesn't matter who called, could be Democrat, Republican. I'm in the office; I have to do my job, right? And I do it well. So from there, you ask the question: Why did I get into this?
0: Yeah. Right. So going back on that, how you just said it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican. When when Governor Cuomo was in office during this whole COVID, and he was holding his his, his heroic press conferences and whatever, he thought he was a hero this whole time. Well, why was he saying he wasn't getting help? from the federal government when you were there helping the, you were helping new york state you were you were there you're here you are john saccone in the flesh someone calls you you want face shields no problem we have face shields for you what what so what's up with that what's why was cuomo putting on the show
1: well that's what it was it was a show right and it, uh was uh my opinion was dishonest uh, President uh, Trump uh, mobilized uh, right away to help New York and had uh, sent in that naval ship. Right. Uh, I I helped uh, with Tom Van Essen, who was who was the head of FEMA. Mm-hmm. My uh, uh, office helped prepare the Jaffet Center and or equip it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We we do all the acquisitions for for the we but the General Service Administration did all the acquisitions for all the agencies. Right. I was involved in that. And the governor didn't want to give President Trump any credit. So instead, they portrayed it as though they weren't getting help and the help was there. And and all they had to do was pick up the phone and pick up the phone and and you get all the help that could be delivered. So, um, but back to why I decided to run for attorney general back in December, um, as you know, the, the election had been over and the, the results were in and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: everyone's scrambling to figure out what they're going to do. I, I was asked, uh, approached by a number of prominent uh, people if I would be interested in running for attorney general. Right. And I, I didn't really have any ideas of what I was going to do after January 20th when I had to resign. But after January 20th, I went back a little bit to my law practice, and maybe I, I was thinking about going into uh to, to, to a couple of law firms, and it was uh then people circled back to me and said, Look, you know, we think you should run for this. Then after that, I met with uh political leaders on in the Republican and Conservative Party, people who have been my friends for 25, 26 years, and talked about it. And they said, at the time, there's nobody out there. Right. And I said, "Well, then, you know, I'll go for it." I I said from the beginning, either I'm going to be the nominee, or I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for John Sarcone. I'm mm-hmm. doing this for for us. Okay. I'm a New Yorker. I grew up here.
2: Mm-hmm. My
1: kids are here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not leaving. I'm I'm staying for the fight, and we're going to win. So if, in May, I decided to go ahead and go for it. So I announced I was seeking the nomination. I never went around portraying myself as a candidate. Never. Because why? I learned from who? Joe Diobardi, Arthur Finkelstein, Roger Ailes. You're nobody until the party says you're somebody. So respectfully, I went to all 62 counties. I've been, to see, I've been to those counties more than once, most mm-hmm. of them three, four, five times. Mm-hmm. I was meeting with leaders, Republican, conservative. I got to know them. They got to know me. Because if they didn't trust me, how am I going to embrace an endorsement? I'm not forcing myself on anyone. Right. You either want to support me and you believe that I can do this and I have the background, the capability, or you don't. And I'm okay with that. If you decide, you know what, John, we just don't think that you're uh, the right fit. That, that, no problem. I'll go back to my cushy uh, life as a as a successful lawyer and litigator. But so far, I've had overwhelming support throughout the state of New York from both mm-hmm. Republican and conservative. And I uh, I am feeling uh, very uh, confident that I will be the nominee for both those parties come uh, February 26th, the conservative party and the 28th and March 1st is the Republican
0: party. Interesting. So have you gotten any major um, endorsements down in the city yet? Because I know you're from the upstate. I mean, Cronon Huston really isn't upstate to me, but to us, to us, it's upstate, yeah. but have you, had, have you got any major endorsements from down here yet? No, not yet. Not yet. we uh, are working I- on it.
1: I, well, I'll be peer, appearing um, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, Bronx County, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Republican Committee, and I'll be appearing in Brooklyn on Wednesday night. And I hope that um, that I'll have both of those endorsements from the from the Republican Party's um, committees mm-hmm. in those two counties. I have um, I have received uh, endorsements from counties uh, and from county committees mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Wayne County, uh, Delaware County, okay. and Sullivan County, the entire county committees had already uh, endorsed me. I have, a, so, I
0: have a summer house in Sullivan County, actually, so it's nice. Yeah, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: have, um, I mean, throughout the state, there are county chairs that have endorsed me. There are state committee people that have endorsed me. Uh, it, it, all over, all over. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Hudson Valley, all the counties in the Hudson Valley, the, uh, from, uh, from Rockland, Westchester, Arms, Dutchess, Putnam, Ulster, Columbia, wow. have endorsed me. So I feel, uh, I feel very uh, strong uh, that I will be the candidate based on that kind of feedback and the energy that's there. And there's a lot to do, Michael. There's a lot to do.
2: Every single I'm,
0: I'm aware trust me I live like I said I live in Brooklyn so I see uh the effects of this liberal bail reform and um you know it's it's I mean like when I told to Michael Henry he I he his whole platform is uh the bail reform the bail reform and he also holding Tish James responsible for the uh nursing homes because she didn't start a report on Cuomo for 10 months into the whole nursing home that's So what would your platform be opposed to his?
1: Okay, well, uh, first off, um, I 100% agree that the bail uh, bill has to be, um, it's got to be scrapped and and they have to come up with something that's more. uh, Of course, of course, of course. I don't, I don't think that it's fair for someone who who, uh, got picked up for a petty uh, offense, because they can't post bail to sit in jail. However, <laughs> one and done, right? Yeah. You get the appearance ticket, you don't come back, then you're gonna get bail set after right. you're rearrested and recharged, or right. if you commit another offense, now we have to bail and, and we have to get back to stressful judges. Okay? Right. So, yeah, uh, restoring uh, confidence in, in public safety is, is the number one priority, right? Mm-hmm. Ending the revolving door of crime, that is the number one priority. There are other major priorities. The flow of illegal drugs, illegal guns, and human trafficking into our cities, into this state, has gone to uh, the levels that we haven't seen in 40, 50 years. (laughs) And nothing's being done about it. The attorney general's office does have great deal of jurisdiction. There's a organized crime task force. Right. It's, It's small. in Mm -hmm. in comparison to to what is needed right my plan is to hire 500 new investigators 500 500 wow and and say say what were you going to get the money for that well if i can't get the money from the legislature there are 16 offices that are under my jurisdiction i'll close them all i'll use that money because we learned one thing during COVID, people don't need to work in a brick and mortar uh, setting in an office to get their work done.
0: Remote, so, remote works obviously now. So,
1: so, so if that's what, <laughs> yeah. if that's the drastic step that I'd I'd have to take, and I will take it. Um, having prosecutors sitting around, they're not. There's nothing for them to do if you don't have the investigators bringing the cases. Right. And th- that I've worked with investigators. I represented undercover narcotics investigators in in Rockland County. Mm-hmm. And I know what they have to go through to make a case. And I asked them, I said, why does it take two years for you to bring kids? It shouldn't take that long. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, we've got you know vacation time and who's off and who's not on and who's on. And I'm like, okay, so let's let's do this. If we had 10 more investigators in your office, how long would it take you to, to come up with, with the, the case? They said six months. So that's the answer.
0: Right. More <laughs> man, more man or woman power is the answer. Exactly. So right. Right. I right. get
1: it, I understand it, and mm-hmm. I'm prepared to do
0: that. Okay.
1: Right. You know, there is public corruption. You know, that, that it, it goes on, correct? right? Right, of course. I'm not targeting anybody. If there is any public corruption that, that comes to my office and my attention will be thoroughly investigated and swiftly resolved. Either we're bringing a case or we're not bringing a case. So nothing's going to be lingered out there. You're not going to see me to all the press conferences talking about high profile case. Who does that? No. The the attorney, you want to be you know, low key. You're bringing, you're bringing cases, you bring a investigators, you don't talk about that. No. You certainly don't prejudge as well. Mm-hmm. Right? We all have our thoughts and ideas on on things that have gone on that we think is is bad. Right. Well, if if the investigators come to me and say, hey, we've picked up this evidence and we've got this this informant. And OK, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to mm-hmm. just do it.
0: It's funny. I just said quick question. It's Funny you brought that up. What, what would your what's your opinion about because you work for the Trump campaign? What's your opinion about uh, Tish James weaponizing her campaign even before she was elected, saying that she's going to investigate Donald Trump? What, what, what was that about? When be, even before she became Attorney General? Well,
1: I think I I, I, I could think of a few uh, uh, codes of, of professional conduct that were violated. It, 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 right.
0: I was going to say, is, is there something wrong there? Right. That's something. It, it's,
1: it, it's political theater, and it's it's just it's wrong and I, I don't understand how how she or anybody else gets away with this i mean i would never do that i it, and and i can tell you right now it doesn't matter who it is if it if it's a family member i'd recuse myself but this is going to be prosecuted if i had a family member that uh, was picked up doing something illegal and you know running guns or uh, some other uh, illegal activity that was impacting the state that'd be they'd be brought to justice
2: right right and
1: that's that's the job
2: right
1: you know the other thing is i'm a lawyer okay i've mm-hmm. had a law practice i practice at all different levels the, the, these attorney generals that have been there for the last four attorney generals they didn't practice law what mm-hmm. kind of what they practiced I, right.
0: I don't and, even know her background to be honest right. they had, a, they had yeah. a job in the in the da's office
1: for a couple of years or something yeah. but, you know, I'm a I'm a real practicing attorney, and you have to mm-hmm. understand uh what it is to to run a law office first of all, which mm-hmm. I've done. Mm-hmm. And I could say this. I had the privilege of being asked by the plaintiff in the uh the case in Nassau County, challenging the mask.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the health commission. That was the county um oh, that was the health commissioner or the county executive or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the privilege of being
1: asked by the mm-hmm. plaintiff to review those papers. Right. I did. I reviewed them and I gave my honest uh, assessment of, of what I thought were the strengths and weaknesses of the arguments. And ultimately, uh, they succeeded uh, in the lower court on those strengths that, that I had agreed were, were the strongest points. However, I did read the, uh, the papers from the, the attorney general. And I found it to be standard canned uh, opposition. It was there was really no substance to it. Right. And 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 the bottom line is, as an attorney general, you have an ethical duty to 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 advise your clients. And your client, Mike, this in this case would have been the health commissioner right. or the governor. And I would say, you you have no authority. There's no authority for you to do this.
0: Don't you have to uphold the Constitution as well? Yes. <laughs> like, isn't that your main? priorities yes. to uphold the constitution that's
1: right
0: that's and, why isn't this that's why I don't know well obviously we know Tish James isn't going to go against Governor Hochul we we know this already but let's say Governor Hochul gets re-elected right and you're the attorney general and she still has this crazy mask mandate uh in effect are you allowed to to challenge her as a state attorney general is that not allowed I'm not sure how that works
1: no, it is, it is my sworn obligation to do that.
0: Oh, so you are allowed to say, hey, uh, Governor, you know what? This is unconstitutional. I'm going to have to like tell you you can't do this.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and that's what the Attorney General is there for. The Attorney General isn't the surrogate of, of the governor. The Attorney General mm-hmm. is independently elected by the people of the state of New York and has a, a, a responsibility to uphold the law and to uphold the Constitution and to advise the executive branch what they should do what they can't do what they can do and
0: so, yeah
2: and,
1: and, and that's not being done it hasn't been done in fact they've used that office to weaponize to take out the governor and then become the governor. I mean, right that's
0: that's that's what i was going to say so yeah. she she wanted to run for governor and then i guess she realized wait a minute i kind of took him out so it would look a little bad on my part right i kind of think she she figured that part out so yeah. Now she wants to rerun for attorney general. I don't know. Consolation prize. Yeah, yeah. Cause she, I think she thinks, cause I actually looked it up. She doesn't even have a campaign office anywhere right now. So I think she thinks she's just gonna ride into the sunset and she's like a shoe in. That's how like cocky she is, to be honest. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out well for her. I,
0: yeah.
1: One of the things that, um, Uh, that i wanted to say is that you know there is how how am i going to win the election
0: right i was going to ask you that you took the words right out of my mouth yeah (laughs)
1: right i'm winning it because i'm taking it to the
0: streets i'm love that love that
1: i'm going to be in all of the neighborhoods with all of those the ethnic coalitions that are there they're they're being victimized their their neighborhoods are yes Yes. yes And, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there.
0: I, I John, I, I just had this conversation with somebody last night. We literally said all GOP candidates, doesn't matter who they are, mayors, governors, state attorney generals, they do not go into the inner neighborhoods of the city. They're f- terrified for some reason. They need to go and go in there and talk to these people. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I don't understand. Go in there. These people are scared. Working class minorities want police. They want safer streets. They want their neighborhoods to be good. They don't want to live in fear. They don't want to worry about walking to the bodega, getting stabbed, shot, whatever it is. They don't want to walk uh, living in the projects and, you know, they got to walk down the stairs and there's someone hiding there waiting to rob them. I mean, come on, get in the streets, get in East New York, get in Bushwick, get in wherever you have to go and talk to these people. Am I wrong? Am I wrong?
1: Oh, you're absolutely right, and that's and you know we 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 think alike because that is that's what's going to win our election for us. We the Democrats just take them for granted, right? right. Of course, they just take it for granted, and they have a few people that are in each of these neighborhoods that they're paying somehow. Mm-hmm. They got jobs or something mm-hmm. like that, and they're responsible to whip out and get all the votes out for them. And you're right. I I don't know how many Republicans actually going to never the never seen it. Never seen it. But but I'm I will. And I've so. and mm-hmm. I've and I've already started reaching out to people to bring me into you know they have the little like community centers.
0: Right. They have like town hall meetings in there. Yeah. Of yeah, course.
1: Centers. Yes. And I um I could tell you that I've been um uh, you know I've been in in Brooklyn to many different places and there are Republicans now who are running in neighborhoods that the Republicans haven't run in 30, 40 years. Others. And, and I, I I said, look, I want to campaign with you. I want to come to Bushwick. I want to go into the South Bronx. I want to go into uh, Queens in, in Astoria and Astoria. Uh, and my doctor lives in Astoria. You know what he told me? He says his mother can't leave their house at, at night. In Astoria? <laughs> I said, I can't believe it.
0: Astoria. Listen, listen. I live in Bay Ridge, right? OK, we got a uh, liberal councilman and a liberal senator, Senator Guardness, Guardness, whatever his name is. I don't know how that even happened, because his dad, hardcore conservative Greeks. My grandmother went to that, his dad when he was a dentist, still is a dentist. I don't know how his son turned into a liberal. Very crazy. Um, this neighborhood used to be the place, you know, Mar- Senator Marty Golden, obviously. Right. You know, Marty uh, Golden,
1: the honor of meeting a him, great
0: man yeah. had this neighborhood clean nothing you could have walked in this neighborhood at two o'clock in the morning not worry anytime summer winter doesn't make a difference now two days ago down the street where i live double stabbing somebody died rapes shootings what's going on here because you know why the councilman he voted to defund the police yeah that's it's all defund the police defund the police the police. it's all it's about
1: yeah and and we're and and because of the uh the bail law they've they've empowered criminal activity correct correct whatever they they want
0: to do no shame no shame a kid just shot in the bronx just shot a cop and he's out on bail and he's a rapper and he's making videos with illegal guns talking about shooting people and he's a he's a crip he's a known crip gang member what is i don't understand very confused i don't know well
1: <laughs> well, you know, you're you're a lot younger than me, but when I was a kid there was a uh, black and white show that was on reruns called The Untouchables. Oh. And uh it was uh, Elliot Ness yes. and, uh and the uh, uh they had a uh task force to right. rout out uh crime. Right. 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 We're talking about the, the you know during the Great Depression.
0: Right, when Al Capone was around, the Chicago well, days. Yeah and, mm-hmm.
1: and, and everything. Right. Well, i mean i feel like i'm in the black and white and touchables movie now when yes. you, what you just described for example i mean who does this who does this benefit nobody law benefit. it benefits criminals well okay? i mean yeah no. that, that's what that's a benefit from it yeah. and it's uh it's unfortunate that we had to uh endure this experiment that has been uh, a disaster a disaster, and, and uh, just real quick, uh, last night I was at uh CPAC's uh dinner that's conservative action, uh, conservative Party's action,
2: yeah.
1: and mm-hmm. they had the dinner and they were honoring uh, uh states' legislatures who had 100 uh, ratings. Well, Senator uh, Rob Ort was there as minority leader, and uh, earlier um, <clears throat> that day they had announced. Uh, they had a press conference and they announced there's a new uh, piece of legislation that that they proposed in the Assembly and the Senate to uh, make it a mandatory life without parole. If you are convicted of murdering a person of law enforcement or any first responder. Oh, good. Life without parole. And you know what the response from the Democrats are?
0: Oh, that's too harsh, right? Too harsh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they're now they're are DA's now that are calling for sentences of 20 maximum of 20 years for for cop killers, murderers. I mean, how about the families of those? I mean, fam- my father uh, was a police officer and, and I'm thankful that he was never uh, killed in the line of duty. But I know families whose whose uh, relatives were. And mm. they can't in twenty years are not going to show up at Thanksgiving uh, uh, dinner. I mean, Thanksgiving. why should the people who killed them be be uh, sympathized and sent
0: out? John, call me call me crazy, but I'm I'm more about the capital punishment. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, like I'm listen. I don't know about you. These are my opinions. Rapists, child molesters, people who kill cops and first responders—they should just and once they're convicted, just take them outside, shoot them bullets are cheaper than the lethal injection. See you later. Jails will be less popular. You want less populated jails. There you go. You want to save money on lethal injection. There you go. We don't have to pay uh, three meals a day for them. None of that. That's it. Goodbye. That's me. That's my opinion. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying this is my opinion. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to opine on, on that. It's, yeah, it's that's fine. That's fine. Topic, I'm just saying that's just my said. that's my opinion. That's all. That's I'm all. a
1: law and order guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you, you, there should be no sympathy whatsoever, and I agree 100 right. that you if you uh, murder a, a first responder, there should be life without parole. Period. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, I think they also stepped it up where uh, a governor cannot grant clemency to a cop killer.
0: Great, love that. Cuomo clearing Clemency, the cop killers.
1: Yeah. What a that, cool that
0: guy, man. Guy.
1: It was his Great last what, yeah. was, what was yeah. that? And my father responded to that Brinks uh robbery. My father was was on the job at the time. Mm-hmm. He was in Greenberg mm-hmm. and across the bridge, the Tap N Z Bridge, which we hope it's going to be renamed. Um well we can only hope. The next governor as soon as yeah. as soon as we have it. Yeah. But uh, he had to respond to that. And that was scary. Right. You know, was scary to me as a as a, as a young uh, man. I was in college and I was all over the news. Call home on a payphone to find out if dad was okay. Mm-hmm. And not they didn't have cell phones then, so you didn't right. you couldn't get in touch with anybody. Right, and right, right. That, yeah, he responded to that. And then to have those poor officers slain diagro police officers and the Brinks guard who's, who who's who were murdered senselessly to have have the killer released to go home for Thanksgiving is it's just beyond despicable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you condemn it. You mm-hmm. condemn it. I, mm-hmm. I condemn the the governor, former governor for doing that.
0: Right. You know where I saw the governor government went wrong with the releasing the prisoners. This is actually they released um Osama bin Laden's henchman who was responsible for one of the terrorist attacks in the early nineties, I believe it was like the African embassy. I forgot which one it was because he was too fat because of COVID, but a mob boss who was dying. Meanwhile, this henchman killed 300 people with a bombing or whatever, with Osama bin Laden and a mob boss who was literally dying in prison, like crapping in a bag, peeing his pants, dementia, They wouldn't release him on compassionate release. That's when I knew the government, when you're releasing terrorists because he's too fat because of COVID, but you can't release a mob boss who's literally going to die probably the next week. I was like, all right, we're done here. The government's there's something wrong with them. You release a terrorist back into a society. I mean, uh, okay, because he's too fat. I never heard this in my life. He's changed. He's a terrorist. He killed 300 people. No problem. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) it's got to be... uh fair and even across the board you either correct do, right do it for for anybody in that situation or mm-hmm. do
0: exactly that's what exactly. i say you exactly. can't just <laughs> it just boggles that's my mind that's problems i mean yeah. you know
1: getting back to the attorney general's office it's not a political office no. it's it's a it's a law firm it's mm-hmm. it's the corporation council for the state of new york for the right. executive branch for all of the agencies that's what it is. It's a law firm. You, 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 you know, it's been treated like a political uh, weapon for the last four governors. Who did we have? We had uh, uh, Spitzer, right?
0: Oh, what a guy!
1: <laughs> you had Schneider, and you had, you know, uh, Cuomo, and then you had her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not treated seriously, and I think that that is um, uh, why uh, a lot of reason why New York is in financial uh, despair as well, because there's money going out the door, uh, lawsuits that are going around that, that mm-hmm. should never be settled. And I can tell you now that I will be a proactive uh, attorney general, and I, I I will make sure that any uh, lawsuits that are filed against the state or against the agencies uh, are going to be, they have to go through me before, right. before there's any settlements going to be made. Because I could tell you I'm not giving away the store.
0: You're just not paying out any kind of settlements, not happening.
1: Go ahead and slip on a banana peel in in the state prison and see how much money you're gonna get from the state.
0: <laughs> Zero. <laughs>
1: well, well, you're gonna go to trial, that's for sure. you are not just giving money away.
0: That's that's and, uh you know oh. I,
1: Bronx and as a lawyer, I saw it all the time. The city of New York was they I did insurance defense work and know, yeah, it, it was you know, almost like neglig- no negligence whatsoever, or the mm-hmm. injuries were, you know, minor, right. and you have the city ready to write out checks right away. They want to settle. They want to settle. They want to settle. Right. And, uh, so you know that's you know the government. You have to be responsible when you're in in these in that position.
0: What's your opinion on the whole uh, the Tis James handling of the Cuomo nursing home deaths? Because I I know this is going to be a huge thing this is the last question i got for you because i know i took a lot of your time because this i know it's going to be a huge fight when it comes to you know between you henry and latiss james so what 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 is your opinion on this how did she handle this
1: well i, I think she handled it irresponsibly mm-hmm. um, you know again grabbing headlines leaking information and, and 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 squandering millions of dollars of taxpayer money to have some private law firm.
2: Mm. Why that?
1: Why, what what's that all about? It should have been done within the office, and the the all every single uh, bit of evidence and thoroughness. And then, if you could charge and you bring 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 the charges, you bring the charges. Not peace bill leaking things out little by little by little and then the whole farce about the uh the the groping uh you know the sexual uh, harassment i mean that's really disgusting but right. you know here you have the me too movement and where are they where
0: well are they? All, all those charges have been dropped pretty much yeah you right have,
1: they've all been dropped right. uh these uh these poor uh victims uh these women have been uh demonized they've been beat, you know beat up in 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 press Come on.
0: By Cuomo's, Cuomo's brother. Victims. <laughs> Cuomo's oh, I, brother harassed them, too. Another one.
1: I Just think, again, this office cannot be used as a political weapon office. It's it's a law office. You've got to do the job. you got to do it right.
0: Do you think she dropped the ball waiting 10 months and not bringing charges up against him? Or did he deserve charges for the nursing home deaths? What do you think about that?
1: I can't I can't comment on it because I'd have to review all of the evidence first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what a a, a a attorney who is sworn right okay to uphold the law. You have to review it. So I would need a good answer. It's a good answer. All the evidence. I'm not mm-hmm. going to prejudge anybody. Do I think the decision? If if the facts that were reported out in the press, the decision to force nursing homes to take uh, COVID patients back was a good decision absolutely not 100 disaster but i don't know all the facts behind my scene right. and but i certainly will when i become attorney
2: general
0: do you think somebody pushed her to start an investigation do you think that like, because she waited 10 months um, because of because she wanted to run for governor do you think she had some kind of agenda
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there was definitely agendas there. There was timing issues. There were there was a lot going on behind the scenes, but it should not have been handled in that manner. You, you if there are if if there's criminal activity, if there if there were mistakes, not even mistakes, but it was made, and and there were crimes that were committed. You've got to thoroughly investigate it, and you either bring it or you don't bring it. It was just a travesty, and it was awful. To the, the 16,000 families out there whose loved ones passed away, mm-hmm. I, 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 I grieve for them. And, and what the, the way the Attorney General's office handled it was awful.
0: It was a circus.
1: It, a circus, but it was just awful and insensitive. Mm-hmm. Insensitive mm-hmm. to those families.
0: Right. Well... Listen, John, you've gave me more than enough time. Very generous. Where can we find you online? How do we donate? What do we do? What can we do for Thank you? Thank
1: you. Thank you for that. I have a website. It's Sarcone F O R N Y-S-A-G dot com. Okay. And if you go to my website, you can donate. All donations are uh are are, are greatly appreciated. Uh speaking of which, uh, I started raising money for this in October. And Uh, My filing on the 14th, I raised nearly a quarter million dollars.
0: Wow. Congratulations. That's a lot.
1: And, And I didn't start raising money for a reason. As I told you from the beginning, I'm either going to be the nominee or not. And when I got to the point where I had enough counties that were behind me that I knew I would be on the ballot, at least, that's when I started to raise money. Because I'm not going to go out and ask you or anyone else to donate money if I'm not going to be the candidate,
0: you're not a 2% of like the Blasio. You're a, you're all in. That's it. That's right. I like that. I am all in. I love that.
1: Michael, thank you very much for this time and opportunity. I certainly uh, uh, be happy to uh, come back again. Of course. And-
0: if, when you win, you're coming back. You're going to be, uh-huh. you're coming back. We're going to, we're going to see what's going on. Thank you, John. I, thank I, you. I we'll
1: be in Brooklyn on, uh, Wednesday night I'll be appearing for uh, for the Kings County uh, Republican committee and incidentally uh, when I met my uh, my wife Cecilia she lived at 94th and Shore Road.
0: Well I'm right here in Bay Ridge and it's you know it's almost it's still lovely but it uh, it needs a change. In
1: 19 in in 2002 it was still not that bad okay. Yeah
0: it's it's still not that bad but if we don't get a change soon. We might have some problems.
1: (laughs) It's going to
2: change. Change is coming, Michael. Change is coming.
0: Thank you. Thank you.